Tonight, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach to you this subject. I want to preach to you kingdoms with no kings. Kingdoms with no kings. If you'll look in your Bible before you're seated, 1 Kings chapter 1. I'm going to read a few scriptures and I'll let you be seated. Starting, starting in verse 1, it says, now, da- now King David was old and stricken in years. And they covered him with clothes, but he got no heat. He was about to die. His years were coming to an end. And then if you skip down into verse 5, it says this. Then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared him chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. Wherefore Nathan, this is 11. Wherefore Nathan spake unto Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Hast thou not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, doth reign? And David our Lord knoweth it not. Now therefore come, let me, I pray thee, give thee counsel that thou mayest save thine own life and save the life of thy son Solomon. Go and get thee into the king David and say unto him, Didst, thou, didst not thou, my lord, O king, swear unto thine handmaid, saying, Assuredly, Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon the throne. Why then doth Adonijah reign? Behold, while thou yet talkest there with the king, also I will come in after thee and confirm thy words. So just to summarize quickly, David is on his deathbed. And there is one that exalteth his, himself and he wants to become king. David knows nothing of it. The priest and then his wife comes to him saying, there is one that is exalting himself in the land, putting himself up to be the next king when we know that you, your wishes are that Solomon be king. If you skip down to verse number 39 and we'll be done here in just a second. It's, and Zadok the priest took a horn of oil out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon And they blew the trumpet, and the people said, God save King Solomon. Verse 45, and Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king in Gion. And they come up from thence rejoicing so that the city rang again. This is the noise that you have heard. It was so loud. The the festivities were so loud that it was heard throughout the land. Verse 49 says this, and all the guests that were with Adonijah were afraid and rose up and went every man his way. And Adonijah feared because of Solomon, and rose and went and caught hold of the horn of the altar. You can be seated. I want to preach tonight on a simple subject. If you're looking for something that's polished, you can be dismissed. That's not my style, but I do know this, is that God called me to be the man that I am. And that's how I'm going to be. And I can actually tell you, I expected to get up here and say, man, y'all are scary. I feel confident that God has given me a word for tonight. I want to preach on kingdoms with no kings. and I want to make this very plain tonight. I'm not going to mince words, so if that offends you, I apologize now. But I will say this. I really don't make an apology for what I do tonight. Because this is the word of God. And if we believe the word of God is true, then we should be able to say it. Can I get a witness? I believe that. So this is the first point that I'll make is that things will always try to take the throne of your life. David had made plans. 
He had put systems in place to make sure that, that there was a king that would come before him. He made his desires known. But there was one that decided that he wanted to raise himself up and become king of this land. How many knows that it doesn't matter how many people that we tell. It doesn't matter what we have in our will. It doesn't matter what we do. There is still things that will come up in our lives that are going to try to exalt themselves in our life. It's facts. If you don't believe it to be true, then you're telling me that every day that you have is a wonderful day. Nothing ever falls apart. Nothing ever goes sideways. Nothing, nothing ever gets messed up. There are things that will always try to take the throne in your life. Can I speak to the young people right now and tell you that the relationships and your plans for the future, your spouse will try to take the throne in your life if it's not done correctly. There are things that will try to come against the plans. There are priorities that we, we, we make in our lives. And every once in a while, if we don't make it known, if we, don't, if we don't prioritize correctly, those things will try to creep up and take the throne of our life. My desires, there, how many know we live in an evil day? I don't think I'm saying anything profound. I'm not saying anything that is abnormal. And, and it's, it's not like it used to be where we had to look for evil. No, it shows up on a day-to-day -day basis. There are things that will try to come against your life. There are things that will try to come against your marriage. There are things that will try to come against your beliefs. There will always be things that will take the throne in your life if you let them. The question I ask you now is this, is what are you building on? I've done quite a bit of study lately on, on different things and I know that there are, there are things that we can build on and the Bible tells us that we can build our lives upon rock or sand. We know the, we know the story, we understand the words about what you build on matters. We can, we can build our lives on the rock. How many knows the rock of all ages? How many knows that we have something firm? How many knows that we have something that is steady to build on? But we could also build on sand. We just went to the beach a few, I would say it was about a month ago. We were sitting there and I was just kind of, my kids love to play in the sand. They would throw sand and build things out of sand. Bennett eats sand. I'm just joking, buddy. If you look into sand, there's a few things that you can see that it's made out of. Hear me now. The two main components of sand. The first one is pieces of the rock. Small bits, fragments of rock, it's not the whole thing. Come on, it's just pieces. I'm here to declare today that I'm not, I don't have the liberty to pick and choose what I want out of this book. I don't have the liberty to say that that's for me and that's not, no. I'm gonna build my life on the whole thing. There's not just parts that I want. There's not just bits that I want, I want it all. The second thing is this, is it's pieces of rock and shells. Shells are things that animals used to live in. It's things that animals used to have their home in. 
Here's, if I could take it a little further, I can say that it's the things that used to be used but are now discarded. The sand is built on pieces of rock and then parts of dead things. You want to see your life crumble? You want to see your priorities crumble? You want to things shatter and fall apart? Start building on things that once were alive but now are dead. Start building on things that you saw, you, you saw thrive and you saw, you saw do good things and then, then my priorities shifted and now they're dead. Start building on that. If you want to see your, your home start to shatter. It's amazing to me that so many people, I had people that sat down there right in that section with me. I'm not, man, I love Indiana Bible College. God, I thank, I thank God for it. I remember, I remember coming right down over here and it was a day that I just, man, I just felt horrible. And I was sitting about, Brother Luca, he was right back where you were, man. And I'm telling you this right now, it was so crazy because I said to God, it's like, I don't think I can, I don't have the strength for this. I, I, I don't think that, that, I, that I can do this. And I, I said these words, I said, God, if you'll meet me halfway. Everybody was sitting down. Y'all don't remember it, but I do. I do. I got up out of my seat and started walking in about the second pew back. I felt God. Just start, man. I remember those amazing times in my life. I remember God meeting me there. I remember seeing it. So I thank Indiana Bible College. I thank, but I will tell you this, is there are ones that were there with me that today are no longer. Why? Because they started to build on dead things. They started to build on pieces of the rock. They wanted what was good for them and convenient. They didn't want all of it. They didn't want to have to surrender things. No, they wanted pieces. And now, where are they? There's always going to be things that try to challenge for your attention, for your priorities. Always. The second thing I want to bring to your attention is this. is In order to retain the throne, action is required. Action is required. You see, here's the thing. Is when David, his attention was brought that, that there was a revolt coming. He took immediate action. It wasn't something where he just waited around to see if everything was going to work out all right. No, he said, now is time for me to act. And I believe right now is the day that some people in this house that some people in this church, some people in this city need to take a, a, a realistic view at what we're looking at. And say, you know what, I understand there's things that are, that are, that are trying to uh, compete for the throne of my life. There's things that are trying to compete with, with, with who sits on the throne of my life. Well, I'm telling you here today, sir, I'm telling you here today, ma'am, that action is required. It's not just going to work itself out. You have to be intentional about who you put on the throne of your life. There's no time for delay. We need to be deliberate and calculated in this day. In this hour, we have to know what we're doing. The third point that I would make tonight is there is no such thing as a kingdom without a king. Oh, here. Mm. There is no such thing as a kingdom without a king. You know how you decide on who is king? It's the one who sits on the throne. And you know who it is that can decide that? You. You're the only one. No one, oh, hear me right now. 
No one else is going to decide who sits on the throne of your life. There's not a person, your mama can't do it, your daddy can't do it, grandma can't do it. Hear me now, sir, your wife can't do it. You have to decide who sits on the throne of your life. You are the only one that can put that king high and lift it up. Hey, we just sang about it. You're the only one that can put him there. You're the only one. <laughs> now here's the thing is that there's been times in my life where I've gotten distracted and money has been on the throne of my life. Y'all, I found my IBC yearbooks just the other day. How about this? You know, in my freshman year, I was voted most likely to be broke. <laughs> yeah, where are you at now, huh? Uh-huh, yeah, that's all right. I know some of y'all were there, so don't start laughing too much. I'll call you out right now. I'll even take you out to dinner. What do you say about that? <laughs> I've been in a spot where relationships took the throne of my life. Ambition has taken the throne of my life. Or here's the most common circumstance. I've taken the throne of my life. Come on, I'm gonna tell somebody right now that you don't deserve to be on the throne. Mm. You can't do this by yourself. Uh -uh. No, that's when everything gets messed up the most is when I try to take control. I try to put myself on this elevated seat in my life. I try to put myself up and say, you know what, if nobody else will do it, I'm gonna do it. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's been one of the downfalls of my life. There have been things where I've seen it go crazy and everything's upended itself because I decided that I wanted to be the one that makes the calls. You're the one who determines who is king in your life. That's it. You. You have the power to elevate and bring down kings. You. You know, I remember, I'm not gonna go into my football glory, gate, glory days because there weren't many. <laughs> yeah, I was a star wide receiver, wide receiver, right? No. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I played left out. Um, <laughs> took you a minute, didn't it? <laughs> I'll never forget the day that I lost my starting job on the offensive line because I had one of the guys hit me so hard I couldn't breathe. And uh, I just laid back for a few days. And my coach started another kid in my spot. And I just kind of put it on cruise control. Until the next week he got a hold of me and pulled me over by the face mask. He said, do you want to play for this team? Yes, sir. He said, then act like it. He said, whose fault is it that you're not starting? I was like, David Juniper. <laughs> Hit me so hard that I still hurt. He said, no, sir, Oliver, you listen up. If you want it, you go take it. He said, if you really want it, you go take it. And guess what I did? I started to get a little bit of, you know, that grit, 
I will not hit that kid. Oh, man. He, he said, what is that for? I said, shut your mouth. I'm taking my spot back. And I did. I started the rest of that year. But I'll tell you this right now is if you got problems, I have questions. If you got things going on in your life, I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm not going to say anything, but there are people out down here. Whenever I pray for folks at the altar, when we pray for the sick and people come down, they have needs. I always do something. I don't, I don't just leave it up to the Holy Ghost to tell me what's wrong all the time. And it's not because the Holy Ghost won't. It's because sometimes I don't hear it right. I'm just being real. Sorry if that offends you. Get over it. Um, I'll lean down in your ear and say, how can I pray for you? And there's people that inevitably, they, they'll tell me, and sometimes they're sick, sometimes they aren't, but there's people that deal with things. They have problems in their life, and I'm not saying that you have problems, that you're doing things wrong, because life happens, right? Come on, can I get a witness? Life happens. But I'll tell you this right now, is if you got problems, I got questions. Who's on the throne of your life? And I, again, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not telling you that it's because you've messed up, but I am going to try to realign your vision. I am going to try to realign your sight and your priorities. You got problems? If you got Jesus on the throne of your life, then let's walk through it together. But I'm always going to tell you, if you got issues in your life, if things are going crazy and you don't know what to do, I'm going to ask you, who sits on the throne of your life? If you have problems in your marriage, who sits on the throne of your life? If you got problems in your finances, who sits on the throne of your life? You got relationships falling apart, who sits on the throne of your life? So here's where we live. Is all of us deal with stuff? Let me ask you a real quick question. We're gonna take a survey. Who in here doesn't have junk in your life? Please, somebody raise your hand. I wanna make a fool out of somebody. No? Of course, the, one of the youth's going like this. Like, look, say something. No, we all have issues. But here's what I try to do. Is I feel like when the rain is pouring down in one certain circumstance, I feel like as the man of my household, this is what I have to do. I feel like I need to take care of it because that's what we do. And you know what? If you're a man and you say that this is not the case, well then, sir, you're better than I am. I'm just trying to give us simple solutions today. So I own a business in Illinois. God willing, I'm gonna get here soon. I've been praying. I've been talking to Jesus. I wanna be here. But for the time being, until we can get our house sold, I live in Illinois where Jesus has forgotten about everyone. No, I'm just joking. I'm sorry. I can't say that. Feels like that sometimes, though. When you can see Chicago from your house and it's two hours away, you know it's too flat. But I own a business and I have a crew of guys and I'm trying to do things throughout the day to, for ministry or for work, trying to get projects lined up and I'll have those guys call me and no problem, we'll fix it, we'll get things together. You need material, I'll get it there. You need things, you need things that uh, I can do for you, we'll do it and then the, the customer's not happy about this, well, take care of it. Oh, you can't? Okay. Ah, I'll leave, I'll take care of it. So the rain starts coming in, man. Things are starting to go crazy. So all, what I do is I try to cover that stuff. So I go ahead and get my handy dandy umbrella out and I say, you know what? I got that, no rain on the, on the business. I'll cover it. I can do that. 
I'm big enough. I'm strong enough. I have enough gumption to do that. I take care. I'm the fix it man. I'll take the umbrella. I'll cover that. I got it. And then something happens where my beautiful wife has something that she needs. God loved that woman. She is the most patient person I have ever met. Hey, y'all, I married up. You can say amen. That's okay. I get it. I'm not, I'm not saying otherwise. Y'all, I hit the absolute jackpot when I, I met that woman. And there were people in Bible college that told us you shouldn't get married. Mainly it was because of me. They knew she had better options. But, but again, where are you at now, huh? Okay. Just being real, gonna keep it 100, all right, okay. Something will go on and because I'm carrying this, I get a little stressed out and I get snippy. Can I be real? I'm gonna be real. I hope y'all respect me after this. But you know what, she'll need something. I start getting a little bit cantankerous but I'll take care of it too. You know, I, I don't have anything else to do. How do you work these confounded things? There we go. I'll start trying to cover my marriage even though I'm trying to do things for the business too. Hey, Bennett, come up here. You grab those. And, and so things start to get a little bit hectic, a little bit crazy when I'm trying to cover one thing and then something else is popping up and I have to cover both of them and then I have to understand that this little man who is a gift from God Hey, get one of those for me. Open one of those up, will you? This little man will come up to me and say, hey, dad, I need help. Or dad, hey, can you change the pegs on my bike? <laughs> In most days, I love that because I get to spend time with him. But there are days when I'm carrying too much. Hmm. You know this. We've talked about this. You know why? Because dad's okay to say he's sorry, huh? Yeah, you say yes. People are watching. <laughs> but there are times when I have to let him know that he's enough. Because every little man needs to know he's enough. So even though business stuff and marriage stuff's going on, I'm like, well, okay, kiddo, get under here. I know it's raining, man, things are going on, but I can carry it all. We can do it all. There's times when that happens in my life. And it's a problem. It starts to get exhausting. Avia, where are you at, baby? Oh, man. One of the first miracles in my life. This beautiful, boys, I promise you, I will hurt you. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I will go back to prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, get one of those for me. There are times when this little lady needs to know that she doesn't have to look like everybody else. She has to know that daddy loves her because if I don't tell her, somebody else will. Come on, dad. Oh man, we're going to stop just a second. Listen to me right now. If you don't tell your little girl that she's loved, she's going to find it somewhere. Yeah, that's okay to clap for. That's all right, because you know what? I'm trying to raise world changers. 
and she needs to know that daddy and Jesus love her. Give me that, give me that. Okay, so this is getting a little complicated. So we got, well, hey, what did you do? All right, so I'll get both of you under there. Becky, Becky, come up in under here. So you're under this one, the business is under this. And then, hey, it gets a little bit crazier because I just got, They didn't know what they were doing when they named me pastor. <laughs> but I just got to be the pastor of a wonderful church in Greenwood, and I couldn't be happier. I need you to get one of those. Get one of those. I got to have, I got to, oh man, I told him today, I said, this is my dream job. I know it's not a hire, it's a calling, but I'm telling you, it don't get any better than that. But then there's things that rear their ugly heads, and I got to find some. Can you get that in my pinky? Can we try to? Yeah, we're gonna try, okay. So we got that going on, we got this over here. I got one more thing for the friends and the relationships, y'all. There are times if things are coming in too much, if there is rain, if there is wind, if there is storms, that sometimes in order to make sure that the things are priorities, I have to put something down. I gotta put it down to make sure that, okay, right now my marriage needs attention. Right now my daughter needs attention. I gotta put the business down. I gotta make sure that's all right. When really what we need, Brother Halk, where are you at? I'll tell you what we really need. There are times when I am so overwhelmed. I am so just enamored with what's going on and I don't have the way to do it. I don't have the strength. I don't have it all together. This is what I need. This is what I need right here. Yeah, bro, come on, come on. Can I get an amen? This is gonna break something, yeah. <laughs> Telling you right now, this is what Jesus is in my life. This is what Jesus is in my life. Because guess what? When I do it like this, that means I put him on the throne. When I do it like this, everything's protected. When I do it like this, everything's gonna be okay. You guys can go down. I need to tell somebody right now, I'm gonna ask you who sits on the throne of your life? Who's the one that has all control? Who's the one that's gonna shelter you from the wind and from the rain? Who's the one that's gonna make sure when you can't do it, he can? And can I go ahead and be this bold too and tell you this? Is it men? It's okay not to have it all together. It's almost like it's in the Bible. It's almost like you can read about it in the words of the scripture. For when I am weak, his strength is made perfect. It's almost like God had it figured out. <laughs> Say, you know what? I don't have to have it all together because he does. I don't have to have all the answers, Brother Lopez. He does. I don't have to have the kingdom all figured out. You know why? Because he does. I don't have to be the, the best at everything I do because he is. I don't have to have the finances because he's got it. I don't have to make myself whole because he can. So I'm asking somebody who sits on the throne of your life. Tell you how you can do that. It's time that we man up, men. Ladies, can I say this right now? I'm gonna go on record and say this. If you're a single mother, God bless you. I pray for you. 
Because there are some of you who are stepping in where somebody else bowed out. But I'm going to tell you something is you don't have to do it all. Because he will. Because who you put on the throne makes all your choices for you. I don't have to worry if I'm dating the right one because if I have him on the throat and he's going to tell me. I don't have to worry if I'm making the right move because guess what? If I'm not on the throne and he is, he'll tell me. I'm taking all of the pressure off of you tonight. This is a safe place. This is a place where there's no more pressure because if you put him on the throne, it'll make your decisions for you. Sounds a lot like Romans where it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Put Jesus on the throne. I'm gonna end with this if you'll go ahead and stand. It wasn't too long ago that I started reading this and it changed my life. In Matthew chapter nine, Starting in verse two, it says this, and behold, they brought him, brought to him a man sick of the palsy, laying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, this man is blasphemous. And Jesus, knowing the thoughts, said, wherefore, think ye evil in your hearts. For whether it is easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or say, arise and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. The next verse says, and he arose and departed to his house. I was taught at Indiana Bible College that every punctuation matters in the Bible. That every word is inspired of God. It's all true. Every last bit of it. So when I read this story, something jumps out at me because it's not normal language. It's there's something here, Brother Hauk, that just pulls at me and starts to get me in a place where I start to get a little righteous indignation. Because here's what it says. It said twice in that scripture, once of which I accidentally skipped over. <laughs> but it says that they brought a man that was sick of the palsy. What it does not say is they brought a man to Jesus that was sick with palsy. I think that that's probably a foregone conclusion. This man had a palsy. But the Bible says that they brought a man that was sick of the palsy. I believe that the devil is trying to get a foothold in the church. I believe that he is going to do anything that he can by any means necessary to break apart families, to break apart marriages, to break apart businesses, to break apart integrity and character. I believe that he's going to do everything that he can to break apart your walk with God. And I believe that it is high time that we start to get sick of some things. 
This man was brought to Jesus because he was sick of the palsy. How long did he walk around with things not right? How long was he willing to say everything's okay? I'm just going to be this way forever. Come on, child of God. You're above all that. God's got something more for you. I'm sick of the devil trying to feel like he can have his way in my life. Sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of watching dads put their swords down on the battlefield. I'm sick and tired of people that should be fighting the good fight lay their weapons down and say, if I don't agitate it, it's not going to happen. If I don't, if I just leave it alone, everything's going to be all right. No, somebody needs to get sick of it and say, it's time. It's time. It's time to fight. And here's what you do. Here's how you do it. We're going to have an altar call. I'm going to open up these altars. And I believe some people are going to renew some things in their life. They're going to tell God that he's the one that sits on the throne of their life. But here's the thing. Is everybody that is in a royal army, anybody that sits under the king, you are, guess what you are? You're soldiers. You ain't got to sign up for it. You don't get drafted into it. No, you're a soldier. Because it's required of the king. Sick of the enemy trying to tell my kids what they are, who they should be. Come on, daddy, start to get it in your spirit right now. I know that you're walking through battlefields and you've seen other people that have died in this thing. You've seen other people that have spilled their blood. But I'm telling you, you see their sword? Pick it up. Pick it up and start fighting. Pick it up and start fighting. Come on, there's not time to waste. Nobody else is going to fight this for you. Nobody else can do it for you, sir. Ma'am, I know it's hard. Said it in Greenwood the other day. If things happen in your life, I'm going to come beside you and I'm going to cry with you. But at some point, at some point, pick up your sword. We don't have time to waste. Jesus is coming back. Who sits on the throne of your life? Who is it that wears the crown? Because really, it's not going to matter. There will be a day when all the crowns that you have gained, you're going to throw at his feet anyway. Why not start now? Come on, with every head bowed right now. I'm going to ask for something that you may not be used to somebody asking. I'm going to ask for 100% participation. I don't want you looking around. I want somebody right now to make a declaration. God, you sit on the throne of my life. God, you're the one. God, because I've tried this and I'm not a good king. I'm not one that can do it. So Jesus, as you see every heart, God, as you see every person that's represented, every family, every marriage, every father, every mother, Lord, God, that is struggling in life, God, I'm asking you, Jesus, God, to simply tap them on the shoulder. 
and tell them, God, that you're willing to be the king in their life. Come on, if there's anybody that wants to come to this altar and tell God himself, make a declaration right now. Come on, somebody, come out of your seat and tell him. Make a show of it. I'm telling you, God's going to meet you halfway. Just like he did me in Indiana Bible College. He's going to meet you halfway. And guess what? God doesn't hold grudges. <laughs> but I remember when I was a little boy. It was the formative years of life. My grandparents had a river lot in the Muskingum River in Ohio. And every once in a while on the weekends, we'd go down there. We'd boat and we'd swim. And I'd always have, y'all ever seen those little water wing things that you put on your arms? <laughs> My dad would put me up against the dock so the current wouldn't take me away and he'd put me in the river and I'd love to swim. One day, my dad, we got down to the river and dad said, hey, bud, come on, let's go. We're gonna go swimming. I said, oh, okay, I'm gonna go get my water wings. He said, no, we're good. He, I said, oh, okay, you got them down there? He said, well, let, let's just go. Let's go. Okay. I walked down and I could see the dock and those yellow water wings weren't down there. Oh, hey, pop. You know, the whole things that we need, where are they? I said, let's just, let's go, buddy. It's okay. But this is how we've always done it. I don't understand. We get down to that dock and I'm expecting him because he loved giving me surprises, mostly donuts if you can't tell. He loved giving me surprises, so I expected him to pull those things out of his back pocket I said, okay, where are they? All right, buddy. We don't, we don't have them. What do you mean? This is how I'm safe. This is how we do it. And he picked me up and he hugged me. I felt safe. And then he pulled me away from his body and held me over the water. The terror that gripped my heart, it was undescribable. And he looked me in the eyes and he said, I love you. And he threw me into the water. Yeah, parenting fail. And I remember sinking and coming back up and there were so many emotions. The fear, the uh, not knowing what was gonna happen, the, the betrayal that I felt everything that was on the inside I'd come up and try to wipe the water out of my eyes and my I couldn't see and it wasn't because there was water it was because of the tears how could you do this to me I trusted you why would you do this and I'd sink I come back up out of that water and kick my feet and flail on my arms. I'm looking, my dad's right there. He's on the side of the dock watching everything that's going on. Ready, ready to pull me out if I need it. And I'm sitting there looking at him and I'm getting so mad. My teeth are clenched and I, oh man, I just want to unleash on him. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? 
tears stain in my face until it hits me. I'm not sinking anymore. I said, Dad, Daddy, I'm doing it. He said, I know, buddy, I'm right here. I know, I know, but I'm right here. Somebody hear me, it's gonna feel weird because you've always sat on your own throne. Something's gonna feel weird because you've always sat on the throne. But if you let God do it, how many know that he's standing right there? You couldn't be in a safer spot. You couldn't be any safer.